ocean breezes, mountain views, stunning architecture, great food. Fala você português? Even if you don't, Portugal is it right now and has been for years. I have a few questions for you. Uh, can you hear me well? Yes. Do you understand my English? Yes. Are you enjoying? Yes. Do you want to walk? Yes. Great. It's a walking tour, not a talking tour, right? Uh, so let's walk now. But recently, more Americans, and especially Californians, they're looking to make their vacations in the small European country permanent. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Today, why more Americans are trading in their SUVs and drive throughs for the affordable homes and easy living of Portugal, and what that means for local residents. My LA Times colleague and national correspondent, Javed Kalim, has been looking into this phenomenon and joins us from London to talk about it. Javed, welcome to The Times. Hi, Gustavo. Thanks for having me. So you recently spent some time in Portugal. Where'd you go exactly and what took you there? I went to the Lisbon area. And one of the areas around Lisbon that I went to is Cascai, about, about 30 minutes west of Lisbon, a wealthy seaside, hilly suburb where a lot of expats are moving. And how did you hear about all these foreigners moving to Portugal? It began with my family. Uh, my brother-in-law has wanted to move to Portugal for some time. So I just thought about, hmm, are there more people like him? Once I found out a little more, I learned that my editor's brother lives there in Portugal. And then I went on Facebook and I found all kinds of people, especially from California, LA and San Francisco and beyond who are going there or want to go there. I've always wanted to visit Portugal, but I would have never thought of living there. So you go there and you meet a woman at Cascais, Jamie Dixon and her family. What was their story? So uh, Jamie is 37. She's a fourth generation Californian. My name is Jamie Dixon, and I'm born and raised in Malibu, Los Angeles, California. I lived there my whole life for 36 years. And I'm now in Cascais, Portugal. I moved here almost one year ago. And she was working as a fitness instructor and during the pandemic had her salary cut, her hours cut, people couldn't meet. So honestly, my salary got dropped by about 75% during 2020. And I was scrambling to find a new job and I happened to meet my new boss, at which time I started a new job where I was able to work remote anywhere in the world. And her daughter was not able to go to school in person. And a lot of these changes made her reevaluate what's next in my life for my family. COVID really catapulted that. We wanted our daughter to have somewhat of a, a normal upbringing and we didn't want her to be in a mask. Her husband's an actor. And they began exploring. The dream was to let her run wild in the jungles of Costa Rica, but... A little less than a year ago, finally took the jump and are now living in Cascais in Portugal. How did the Dixons land on Portugal as a place to live? Did they think of any other countries or anything like that? They were looking at a couple places. One was Costa Rica, which is, of course, another longtime popular destination for 
Americans who are going abroad or retirees. Deciding on where to move was was challenging because it was very overwhelming. Like, we can live anywhere in the world. Where should we go? So we had a list going in South America, Central America, Costa Rica was definitely on our list. They landed on Portugal for several reasons. One is it's in the European Union and they wanted to have access to Europe and eventually hopefully be EU citizens. We were also looking to pick up another passport. We really want to collect a couple of different passports in our lifetime for a variety of reasons. We also want to learn a different language and we want our daughter to be trilingual one day. I know Americans can go to Europe and stay there like around three months without any visa. What's the process, though, to actually live and work there? Yeah, any American citizen can go to a European Union country like Portugal through about three months as a tourist without really any paperwork required or anything. To move there is a whole different process. It was super stressful, honestly. Every part of it, we almost backed out a couple times because there were so many intense requirements to get here. There's different kinds of visas Portugal has, which are specifically for foreigners who are professionals who want to relocate abroad. One is called the D7, which is basically uh, where you're a remote worker, essentially. You're earning money outside of Portugal and spending it in Portugal. For Jamie Dixon and her husband, Joey Dixon, they had to have about $21,000 in a Portuguese bank account that they opened. And that's about minimum wage for about a couple or two people who would be Portuguese workers. The other one that is also popular is called the Golden Visa. This one costs a lot more money. You'll find more retirees or, or people who are just wealthier doing this, where you have to invest about half a million dollars in a property, in a house or, or a building in Portugal. And, and that essentially is your way of buying residency in the country by investing in property. And Portugal, I've never been. But I'm imagining nice weather, sandy beaches, good food, you know, the whole Mediterranean climate, even though Portugal's not on the Mediterranean, but also a lot of what Jamie and her family probably had in Malibu. So how similar are Kashkai and Southern California in terms of like climate and all that? You know, one of the things people say about Portugal, especially Californians who are going there, is the weather. They cite that over and over again, including Jamie Dixon and her husband, Joey. So living in Kishkais, they say it's like the Malibu of Portugal. And I think that's true to some degree, but not 100%. It doesn't really remind me of Malibu. Um, what about like the ocean or, or like... Yes, coastal, li coastal living. I guess that, that's a really great point. Coastal living. That's similar to living in Malibu. There's a kind of golden sunlight that you get in California, you know, that kind of sun-kissed light. That same light you get in Portugal. The weather was definitely a concern. We wanted to live somewhere where there was nice, warm sunshine. And... There's the, the surfing and, and the waves of the ocean. Parts of Qashqai look kind of like Big Sur with the cliffs. So there's so many similarities just visually and, and in climate just alone, which is a big draw for both places. But it's more than just the weather and sunsets that are bringing people to Portugal from California. That's after the break. Javed, there's another reason people like Jamie Dixon are moving to Portugal. It's pretty affordable. 
Portugal is very affordable for an American coming in, Californian especially, where professionals in LA and San Francisco have some of the highest salaries in the country and highest cost of living too. So somebody like Jamie, they were living in like a luxury trailer, a very nice trailer on the sea, on the ocean in Malibu. The cost of living here is significantly less, which is so amazing. I mean, we have a a three-bedroom, three-bath place for significantly cheaper that we had in the U.S. It was very expensive living in L.A., and here it's not. And they're paying maybe half the price they were before. You know, you can get your house clean for really cheap. You can get babysitters for really cheap. Same with markets, like going shopping at the market. It's a lot cheaper for especially an L.A. resident who moves in. Five-star restaurant, you can get out the door for like $30. It's great. How many Americans have moved to Portugal in recent years? Americans are actually among the smallest group of foreigners in Portugal. It's been a popular destination for a long time for people who are um, from the UK. In terms of more working class immigrants, you'll get Brazilians, you'll get people from South Asia, Romanians, even Ukrainians are are coming in in larger numbers now. Americans are a newer group, so they're smaller, but they're growing really fast. The population of Americans grew by, I think, 45% in the last year alone. And among those, Californians are a big group because we have the most people. We have a huge population in California, and thus we send more people everywhere. The Portuguese population has been decreasing, and that's a long-term trend. Which actually relates in some ways to the arrival of foreigners and why they're coming. There's so many expats moving here. They're building two giant production studios in the Algarve. It's happening. There's construction everywhere. The prices of homes are going up. People are starting to catch on that this is a great place to live. What would be the makeup of the typical American expat? Like, what are their characteristics, if any? They're a pretty diverse group of people in many ways. In terms of profession, you'll find retirees. That's what's one big group. You'll find tech workers, crypto investors, people who have remote jobs of some kind. There are families, couples, single people. I met people who are in their, uh, like Jamie, in their 30s. I met people who were in their 60s and everywhere between. There are entire groups dedicated on Facebook to people of, of color in Portugal. So there's all these kind of constituencies that have found their ways to find each other. What you will find, though, among the people who are doing these special visas to live in Portugal is that they are middle class at lowest or upper middle class or even upper class. If you're a working class person and moving to Portugal, you're in a whole different kind of community and economic sector. And you're usually not American. Yeah, that's interesting. What about the politics of these expats? So a lot of people made the decision to move during the Trump years. We all heard people talk about once Trump was elected in 2016, oh, you know, I'm leaving, I'm going to Canada, I'm going somewhere else. So they're the ones who did it. So these are some of the ones who did it, yeah. (laughs) But a lot of people I spoke to had this idea after Trump won, even living in California, where it's the liberal of liberal states, a blue state, saying... I'm just fed up with with America in so many ways. And who didn't make the decision until this last year, the pandemic being one reason that delayed them. Another thing is gun violence. Hmm. 
people, especially with kids, cited to me saying, you know, I cannot fathom living another day in a country where people are shot and killed at a grocery store, at a school, in a church. And I want to be somewhere where this is just not the same kind of issue. And of course, across much of Europe, gun violence does not exist in the way it does in the U.S. at all. After the break, how expats are changing Portugal. So Javed, Portugal is one of the smaller economies in the European Union, and it suffered a lot during the financial crisis in 2008, and it's had debt issues. How does all of that play a role in more foreigners moving in? During the global economic crisis in 2008, 2009, you know, it hit every corner of the world. Portugal was one of those countries that was hit among the hardest. Unemployment shot up. The housing market you know, was a mess. At one point, the leaders of the country told their young people to leave the country and seek opportunities elsewhere. And so one thing that the government did was they devised a plan about how to get money into Portugal. And their idea was, let's find people from other wealthier countries in Europe, from the United States, from Australia, and let's get them to invest in our property. Let's market our beaches and, and our country as a retirement community, as a digital nomad community as a place where you can you know, live a cheaper and more relaxed lifestyle and have bigger and better space to live in and spend your money here, but earn it elsewhere. Don't take jobs from Portuguese people. And it worked. It works almost too well. Portugal is full of expats moving in by the horde every day and every week. And all that money that's coming into Portugal, how much are we talking about? Billions and billions of dollars. One of the numbers was around Six billion invested in a couple of years just through the Golden Visa program, which is the uh, one where you spend half a million dollars to buy housing. But even more money through tourism, through Airbnbs, through tourist companies, through flights, through so on and so forth. The GDP of Portugal, about 15% of it, is now dedicated to tourism. Comparatively, in the US, I think it's under 1% per year. Portugal is heavily reliant on people from outside the country either coming in to visit or coming in to stay. You spoke to a professor in Lisbon about this whole phenomenon. How did he say all these expats and money is changing his country? It's gentrification. That's what Luís Mendes told me. My name is Luís Mendes. I'm a geographer at the Institute of Geography and Special Planning of the University of Lisbon. I'm a researcher, a teacher also, and so I've been researching gentrification for almost two decades now. So he studies, you know, how humans affect cities and spaces. And what's happened is Lisbon, Porto, other cities, the average Portuguese person cannot afford to live there anymore. In the last 10 years, a lot of things change in the city. I mean, you could see how our tourism, but also the financialization of real estate really changed urban regeneration uh, and the whole urban condition in Lisbon. There's eviction skyrocketing, rent prices going up, people who are elderly who don't have jobs and can't pay to live. So people were evicted from their houses. Sometimes people that live there for 15 years, uh, more than half a century or even more, and they were evicted to go to the outskirts of the city. The growth of tourism, Airbnbs, and foreigners who are moving in to live permanently has really just 
totally changed the dynamic of affordability in Portugal. So what's been the response of Portuguese to people like the Dixons? On one hand, they've responded in two kind of opposite ways. People I've spoken with in Portugal are very at once thankful for people like the Dixons, for others who are moving in, because they say, these people have saved our economy. They've, you know, given us jobs in tourism. They've added money to Portugal and helped us, you know, make our housing stock better and given our country a, a new lease on life, so to speak. But they also say the same people, but we can't afford to live here anymore. We are from here, born here, grew up here. We can't afford to live here. The social damage is very striking because you don't have just people that are evicted from their homes. When we talk about eviction, this is a very violent process, you know. It's symbolic, but it's also very physical, and it's very psychological. How is the government responding to these concerns? They're doing a couple things. So during the pandemic, the former mayor of Lisbon had a plan regarding Airbnb. He wanted to basically stop renting out some of the Airbnbs and rent them himself through the city to provide affordable housing. That plan backfired because you can make more money with Airbnb as a property owner. The other thing that's been happening in this last few months is that the golden visa program, which allows you to buy housing and move to Portugal, you can no longer buy housing in the biggest cities. So Porto and Lisbon being two of them. So they've been putting some limits in. Jamie Dixon and her family, they're a part of this wave of foreigners that have contributed to some of these gentrification issues. What is she doing to be a good neighbor? She's trying to learn the language. She wants to have a certain level of fluency within five years. I think it's really smart and I really want to. And it's been it's been pretty challenging for me. And that's the amount of time you have to be in Portugal to take the citizenship test. And that test requires you to know some of the language. This is my daughter. I love you. Okay. Okay, okay. Her daughter is going to a school where they speak Portuguese and English. She wants her daughter to have multiple languages in her life. Girls, I'm in the middle of an interview. Can you guys go in the other room? Thank you. There's an attempt at integrating into the culture in some ways. Finally, Javed, is this going to be the permanent home then for Jamie and her family? It might, it might not be. They want to be there for enough time to gain citizenship, and then they're going to decide. Once you're an EU citizen, you can live and work in many EU countries and, and kind of go back and forth. So they may end up somewhere else in the end. But for now, this is where they are. Javed, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Kasha Brasalian was a hef on this episode and Mark Nieto mixed and mastered it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, David Toledo, Ashley Brown, and Angel Carreras. Our editorial assistants are Madeline Amato and Carlos de Loera. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmina Aguilera and Shawnee Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to put you podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this madre. Obrigado. 